when you put it up against this this you know this classic piece of cinema that was is so fucking groundbreaking mm-hmm. and make it unwatchable for me fuck you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the film find. I should turn that bit down. Holy crap. I got into it. I got into it and I went, reached for the wrong pot. There we go. Everything's better. Ladies and gentlemen, we got I'm off my game here because we're a day off, but not a dollar short. Welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Porches, and I am joined yet again by Matt Smith. Matt, what's up, buddy? Guys, we're going to talk about dinosaurs and shit. Dinosaurs and shit. Let me tell you, I fucking love this goddamn score. Holy shit, it's so good. Let me tell you. I think it's maybe Williams' best score. It is so fucking... And that's coming from a guy who's got just a shit ton of good mm-hmm. ass scores. Yeah, I like them all. I'm not saying... That oh, they, yeah. I'm just saying this one's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, I like all of his Spielberg scores. Yeah, especially. Uh, you can leave the Harry Potter, Chris Columbus stuff, so I guess. It's, 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 it's still all right. good. still good enough. It's very... Very Spielbergy, no doubt. Uh, but man, I remember like so this like this song automatically transports not back not only back to when I saw the movie in the theater, and I'll talk about that day because it was just it was like I mean that's like that's a hot, that is honest to God one of the biggest highlights in my movie going you know career as a young lad. Uh, yeah, well you know the earliest movie I remember seeing in a theater was my my dad took me to see Batman in mm-hmm. 1989. Yep, I was fucking how old was I six five six maybe you're probably five because I think I was like six or seven yeah it was five so I remember going to that I don't remember much about the movie at the moment I remember going to it sitting there I remember snippets you know on the screen kind of flashes Mm -hmm. uh Jurassic Park probably right after that uh is one of my earliest uh like holy shit I remember seeing and like actually being in this whole entire thing movie yeah Uh, Mine was there others before that's some Disney stuff. Yeah, mine was uh, so it was back, which is oddly enough. I mean, the the, the timing almost couldn't be more you know convenient. Uh, was during Heroes Con in 1993. So that day, my dad took me to go go to Heroes Con. Uh-huh. So we went and did that, which it was actually still at, if I'm, if memory serves, was still at a Hilton at that time. Was not even at the convention center yet. It would only right. go to the convention center the next year. It was not big enough yet. wasn't big enough just yet. So it was on the it was on the cusp. But next year uh-huh. it would be big enough to go to the Charlotte Convention Center. Uh, right. But so we went to the Charlotte. We went to the uh, Comic Con there, bought comics and stuff, and then went to see Jurassic Park. It was just amazing ass day. And I mean that's like I said, this is just one of those things that you know you're at the right age to see that and everything. Is it like eleven years old? Just perfect. And. Uh, you know, hearing hearing that song and everything just reminds me all the way back to you know, like in middle school, one of the songs that they they played and everything was the theme to Jurassic Park, uh-huh. and I could walk. I remember very distinctly walking through the halls of Bar Street Middle School and hearing the band over in the band room playing the theme to Jurassic Park, and it was just it was fucking cool. It was just really fucking cool. I mean, and it wasn't even, you know, it's sixth graders, you know? You're looking at kids that are 11, 12, 13 years old, so they're not professional or anything, but you still 
it was still what it was, man, and it was fucking great. Right. So uh, that's today's movie, Jurassic World. It has been a long time since we've had a Jurassic Park movie. And man, oh man. Yeah, did what, this... 13 years? 14? Yeah, something like that. And 2001 this... was Jurassic Park 3. Was it that long? Holy smokes, yeah. wow. Uh, and let me tell you, um, I think the world was ready. <laughs> if the box office is any indication, the oh, highest shit, grossing weekend of all time, people. Of all yeah. time. Well, you know, aside from that, um, uh, you know, there are some numbers. If So if you factor in um, Thursday, mm-hmm. this film, like Thursday night's tickets, the this movie is still only the third highest opening day ever. <laughs> but but if you count just Friday, it is the highest opening day period That's in, in the U.S. Insane. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and and then it went on throughout the weekend to just keep building. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know that people kind of hate, uh, probably, I, I don't know, send us some emails and tell me. Yeah. Uh, I, I know people probably hate uh, when, when I talk about the box office because I'm really into this shit. Uh, because I'm uh, into it, but I'm just not I, I, like the only reason the way that it, like, <laughs> I just shy me. off of it because I'm afraid for the listeners to just go, sweet Jesus, <laughs> get to the fucking review. I well, enjoy it as well, much as you do. Thing, I just am shy about this. Show. Is like, uh, <laughs> like this is what drives all of the decisions Hollywood makes, right? Like, as much is true. Like it is, it's not even the actual amount of money. It is the predictive process of how much they think the film will make. Mm-hmm. And they fucking screwed the pooch on this one, which is uh, amazing that the, like that the, their their estimates were really that far off. Uh, I mean, I knew it would do good. I didn't know it would do even quite this good. I thought it would, you know, I thought it'd have a very strong opening, maybe mm-hmm. one one fifty, but up to two hundred. My goodness, that is just yeah, insane. I mean, it. Uh, I think initial estimates were like right around one thirty, and then after the Thursday numbers came in, they upped that to about one fifty. But uh, yeah, two hundred eight. Point eight domestically over five hundred. Uh, <laughs> I think this I movie think made half a billion dollars in a weekend, kids, and it ain't even opened everywhere yet. Well, I think I think it was uh, Scott Weinberg out there, a uh, film critic, who um, t- who tweeted out like, uh, I th- I think uh, something along the lines of like the the way that Hollywood could get a one billion dollar opening weekend for a movie is clearly just to put dinosaurs and superheroes in the same movie. <laughs> it didn't hurt, man. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't before, boy oh boy, did this is does this movie you know just cement forever? It was already there, but this is putting this is cementing it and putting like one of those laminate things or something over it so nobody can touch it no more. Chris Pratt is a motherfucking movie star, and yeah. this movie has damn sure proved it. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk. About we'll that talk movie. about uh, that. We're gonna get into all the good parts about Jurassic World and everything, and our thoughts where we are. And you know what? I think we may delve in just to we, we may dip our toes in the pool of uh, uh, cynicism in 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 the world of uh, movie criticism. Uh, just a touch, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that, too. But uh, first, of course, we need to get to uh, what you've been watching, Matt. Anything interesting for you this week, sir? Well, I've, I've uh, watched a couple of things that have come out recently. One new release. Uh, so this weekend, in addition to Jurassic World, uh, there was a kind of uh, highly anticipated indie flick. Uh, and by indie, I mean low-budget action genre flick uh, <laughs> um, from from the Sauce Good 
twins, mm-hmm. the Twisted Twins, right? Uh, their first uh, kind of big action film uh, with WWE films, who they've now worked with on this film and See No Evil 2. Who, for what they do, um, are becoming a, a, an interesting genre label. I love them, man. Uh, they just announced, actually, that they're in the upcoming... Uh, for those of you who out there who listen to both podcasts or into comic books and all that other stuff, um, they just announced, I think earlier today, that uh, they are they have written one of the Nightmare storylines in the like in the tail end of the Secret Wars books for really? Marvel. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And I haven't kept up with anything going on in Secret Wars because I don't care what's going on in Secret (laughs) Wars. But I will buy that issue because they have a story in it. So I really like them. Um, I think that, uh, okay, let's let's talk about the movie a a little bit. This movie, um, let me pull up because I can never remember the big show's actual name. Now, is this something? If if memory serves, I'm not I'm not too familiar. Uh, now, are, are these the uh, these are the same American Mary? Is that, am, I, am I right in that remembering? Yeah. So the Soska the Soska sisters, Jen and Sylvia Soska, uh, the Twisted Twins, are a pair of uh, sibling filmmakers who began their careers uh, with their kind of excellent uh, low budget indie flick, um, Dead Hooker in a Trunk, and then made American Mary, and that's really when people started to notice them, mm-hmm. uh, like in a high pro, higher profile sort of way. Um, and from there, they uh, started working with WWE, and they made the Ceno Evil Two uh, sequel, the sequel to to Ceno Evil. Right? Well, there you uh, go. That's Kane Hodder, but, right? But uh, but that movie sucked. Ceno Evil <laughs> Two was pretty good. Uh, was a pretty good genre exercise slasher flick. Um, in fact, more than pretty good. It's got all the things that you would like about a slasher film. It actually does something interesting with uh, what in the first movie was a really, really tired genre retread uh, premise. But uh, with this one, so this movie's a, a prison uh, flick, uh, an action film set in prison um, with uh, Dean Kane and uh, Paul White, who wrestling fans will know as The Big Show, and if you're an older wrestling fan who hasn't really kept up in the past... Giant, baby. 10, yeah, The Giant, right? Yeah, that's uh, the WCW. That's the most... That's where I let... Like, like I know, I know, obviously, him, uh, you know, The Big Show from, from you know, just seeing some glances and stuff, but right. my Paul White is, uh, is, is, is big, is, uh, you know... <laughs> yeah, me too, right? I mean, he, he, I think he switched The Big Show right after, like, in the tail end of the, the WWE attitude era um <laughs> and uh i just kind of stopped watching before any of that really happened you know it was one of my uh, favorite characters named in that kind of whole era this is me and my brother i don't know why we love this so much but it's just a fun ass name to say elegante <laughs> <laughs> god damn it that's a fun ass oh man a big ass elegante coming at you <laughs> go ahead so so uh what happens in this film is dean kane uh you know TV's Lewis and Clark Superman um, <laughs> plays uh, this cop Danvers, whose wife is killed by this criminal, uh, like ringleader Victor Abbott, played by uh, the Big Show, and uh, he he goes off and kills one of uh, this guy's associates so that he can get sent to prison and take down uh, this this uh, this asshole. That's hardcore in, inside prison. Um, so it's a it's a pretty good 
uh, genre exercise that's elevated by just some really fun direction and some uh, moments where like the Soskas kind of inject a very gory sensibility into uh, some otherwise competent yet not super amazing action sequences. Um, I will say that one one issue I had with this one is is I wish that they had a bigger budget. Uh, what they do, they do very, very well. But this is a film that needs a budget, and WWE did not put, I don't think, the amount of money necessary behind it. And so uh, some of the things don't feel quite as polished as, as some of the other work that uh, the sisters have done. Um, so it's really good. It's fun if you're into prison flicks or uh, kind of low-budget action films. It's uh, it's pretty solid. It's worth a rental. It's on iTunes or uh, Video On Demand. Um, and, you know, combined with uh, Jurassic World, uh, these two movies open to like a staggering like two hundred uh, like ten million dollars or something to best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Vince McMahon, lay off a week of the self tanner there, and maybe put um, a little bit more money into your into your movies. No, I mean, look, WWE uh, is they've been an interesting company. I, I kind of want to like talk about them at some length, but maybe I'll just write something or maybe I'll do a standalone episode where I kind of delve into what they've been doing. Right. But they started out as a production company, like positioning their actors as the big movie stars. Right. So like there was the Marine with John Cena yeah. and, uh, what was that Halle Berry flick? Yeah. Well, no, see that that's was a that different phase. Right. So, so they started out with things like the Marine and see no evil, which was the Kane movie where he was like, right. So what all these one where one of these up. cats drives a bus. I don't know. I don't know. I see. Um, I feel like I've seen a picture of anyway, it. Anyway, So they, they quickly kind of found out that that was not going to break them <laughs> and make them financially stable. So one of the things they started doing that was really interesting was, um, like putting money behind directors that uh, you would not think normally would um, so sign up with them, right? So uh, while they were the production company behind like uh, the first few rock films and the Marine, right? Uh, 12 rounds. Um, lately, they've been putting stuff through like uh, Dead Man Down was a WWE production, which was the, the, uh, Filmmaker behind the Swedish version of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, reunited with like Numi Rapace and, uh, oh shit, Colin Farrell, right? In like a thriller. Um, uh, the Call, which was the Halle Berry movie you were talking about, right. um, which was directed by, oh shit, I'm going to have to look it up real quick. Uh, it's the guy that made, um, fuck, what's his name? Brad Anderson. Um, who made like uh, Session Nine and The Machinist and Trans Siberian, right? So they've they've started putting their money um, behind people who are who are actually like really interesting as filmmakers, um, and I think that's paid off. Uh, but then they kind of have this direct-to-video outlet where they're still positioning their stars that they've fostered over the years into movie stardom. Right. So that's where we get things like this film, um, the see no evil two entry. Um, you get, uh, Oh shit. The leprechaun origins, right. Which had like their, 
uh, little person wrestler star. I can't remember his name. I apologize, wrestling fans. I just don't watch it, but I know what I know what I'm dealing with. I've I've heard of the cat. I've heard him talk about him. Tell him Steve Dave. Where I, I, apparently this guy's very entertaining. This this uh, this little guy. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I just don't watch it anymore. I, I, yeah. and, and not for any like reason. Like I think it's stupid. I just don't. I, it's something I don't do anymore. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so this the studios has a has a really interesting thing going on. Uh, Back to Vendetta and just rounding it out, I'd say if you like uh, entertaining, lower-budget action flicks, this one's a really solid one. I think you should give it a chance. The Sasuke twins are always uh, at least interesting. And here, even though I feel like they had some budgetary constraints they had to work around, uh, that is something that they've had to do with all of their films, and they do it very well. Um, So that's my uh, little capsule review of Vendetta. I also have two more I want to talk about. All right. uh, I'll do so very briefly. Uh, I saw The Drownsman. Have you heard about this flick? I am unfamiliar. So it's a... Um, I think here it came out direct to video um, uh, via Anchor Bay, right? So a, a genre house. It's a very short film. It's only 80 minutes. But basically what it's about is there's a uh, killer who um, drowns women. Like, that's the thing. It's supernatural. It's kind of like if uh, Freddy did not require you to go to sleep, but just required you to be near water. Supernatural drownings? Yeah. You say? Yeah. How's that work um, out? Because I can do that with real life, with no <laughs> with no nothing. I, I'll just go and drown a motherfucker. I don't care. Well, it, so it, it's... <laughs> uh, it's a it's a pretty interesting premise, although because of the conceit, right, the, like... The, the water is what facilitates this stuff to happen. Uh, it also comes off as kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> and I, I also like, there are some really inventive set pieces in it, right? Some, some kind of uh, fantastical uh, c- creature moments kind of thing. But um, overall, I don't think the film is that good. Uh, it's hampered by some pretty shaky acting in points, particularly uh, this one actress uh, whose um, her name is Caroline Palmer. Uh, she is not very good at all. And she plays like the best friend of the main character who's like being hunted by the, the drownsman. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. She also, this, this was really weird is I think one of the things I just couldn't get around uh, is that none of the actors had very strong Canadian accents except for this one. <laughs> and so it's just, like, I know it's made in Canada. I'm not slamming that at all. Right. I'm just saying uh, just set the movie in Canada. There's no reason not to. And then it would like be less anachronistic seeming for someone to be speaking with a really, really strong set of a boots and oots and things <laughs> like that. Um, because clearly all of the, like there are moments when some of the other accents slip too. And that's like, it's fine. Don't pretend you're not Canadian. Just set the movie in Canada. It's stupid that, that it wasn't just set in Canada. Um, or maybe it was, maybe it's, maybe it doesn't matter. But uh, I think it was ju- also just the combination of like her performance is not very good aside from the accent. So it was very noticeable. Hmm. Um, I'll tell you one uh, thing. And so, and so that's the movie. It's not very good. It's on, it's on Blu-ray. 
Uh, if you guys are genre completists or like feel like uh, you know you just need to see uh, a straight to video horror flick, uh, don't watch this one. You ever come across a porn and all of a sudden it's Canadian? That's a weird thing. No, no. All of a sudden it's just like you know that they start to get into a little of the acting bits there, and you're just like, all right, I can't take any of you seriously with the Canadian accents and stuff. You get into a little bit of the. <laughs> Just kind of, this is, uh, you're ruining everything here. I shouldn't have mentioned the accent. I should have just <laughs> focused on how bad her performance was because. Oh, the acting uh, was bad in this too. In, in, <laughs> Except for in, some of it was really good. In uh, any case, uh, The Drownsman, I give it a, a very strong pass. There are better uh, recent direct-to-video horror flicks out there. Um, and then one last thing I want to talk about that I watched this week, uh, just because I, I was pretty excited I finally caught it, um, is the other morning, uh, Turner Classic Movies was playing uh, the classic Western, uh, widescreen, amazing uh, cinematography Western, The Last Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, um, this, is, uh, this is about a group of guys who are on one of the last big buffalo hunts in the Northwest. Um, one guy's really into killing uh, buffalo and Indians because he's a real man and blah, blah, blah. But there's like a tension that develops among the, the hunters uh, because of this uh, issue. Um, it's a really kind of magnificent, uh, staggering piece of work as a, as a Western. It's gorgeous. Uh, the acting's really good, um, in spite of, uh, one of the characters being played by, uh, Robert Taylor, uh, who I don't think is that great, but he's okay in here. Um, and of course, Robert Taylor's known for, like, tons of westerns and, and, uh, many other movies as well. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a really good flick. It's a little disturbing to watch because, uh, you realize that this movie was made in 1956 and all of the buffalo uh, being hunted in it were actually killed. <laughs> like this is some real shit, son. <laughs> um, and you know, there before like all the buffalo were overhunted, uh, the U.S. government in the early part of the 20th century did have um, like thinning thinning hunts, right? So that they would thin the herd down, so they didn't become nuisance uh, kind of things, and people would go out and hunt. Right, uh, and there are things like that that still to this day do, yeah, do have I mean, an overpopulation. It's why there of things, are seasons, right? Yeah. Like, anyway, um, they're deer so, and boar and all that kind of stuff. But it is like things. a little disturbing that you're seeing like actual buffalo being shot by off-camera sharpshooters um, <laughs> uh, while like these actors are pointing, you know, guns with blanks in them at them. Um, <laughs> There's a level of authenticity. <laughs> Yeah, and and so it's a little messed up. It's a little disturbing. Because because it's for filmmaking, but it's also not, so it's a little less disturbing, I guess. But uh, just something that was, I don't know, I just kept thinking about it while while I was uh, watching it. Like, Jesus, man, even if this were a policy thing, like... You couldn't take an actual hunter and put him on a on a major film these days. Oh God! No. And and uh, like have him actually hunt a deer. Um, people would go fucking ape shit, right? Uh, there's that famous scene in in uh, Roger and Me, the the Michael Moore film, mm-hmm. um, where he's going through like the really depressed parts of uh, of Flint. You can just and, say Flint. And, and there's a woman um, that like is raising rabbits and kills one. And like it explains like oh we're going to eat this rabbit, but I've shown I've shown this 
film to like students and you know, I've been in classrooms where other students like where I was a student and they've seen it and people find this really disturbing. It's like she's eating it. It's her food because her husband was laid off. Uh, what what's the issue? It's just something about she's not going. I'm giving a, a coat to my Barbie but doll. There's a, you know, there's a cultural disconnect now, and so so with our position now, it's a little weird to watch this movie where like Buffalo are just like getting massacred, right? Basically. But at the time, um, but it's it's really a, a really good western. It was directed by Richard Brooks, who um has kind of an amazing career, uh, both as a writer and a director, um. As a director, this guy, I mean, he made uh, In Cold Blood and Lord Jim and Elmer Gantry and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and Blackboard Jungle, right? A lot so of good stuff he, in there. He's, uh, he's really amazing uh, filmmaker. And uh, I was glad that I finally caught it uh, because it's been a movie that has been a blank spot in my uh, filmography that I've watched. And... Uh, I highly recommend it. If you like Westerns, if you like classical Hollywood Westerns, this one's a really excellent one. Um, and so that's what I've been watching is those three things. Very what about nice. you, brother? Not a ton. Um, <laughs> well, well, I talked enough. Then. Well, no, and, 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 and I just, I've moved kind of like, so I had like training for my new job last week, and then I started a new job this week. So it's all just been, the last two weeks have been a clusterfuck of just insane kind of stuff going on. And that's why this week's show is a little bit later than normal is because I was just like, I'm too tired to even think proper because I had to get up early. And I don't like getting up early. Me no likey. Um, but, so I, I'll say this. Um, well, I'm going to start off with this. First of all, there are two movies. Well, it's, it's the same movie, but it's done two different ways that are on Netflix right now that are abomination to film. Ooh. Um. And well, the movie itself isn't, but the way that this movie is treated in both of these fashions is an abomination. So right now on Netflix, there is the the ever so famous Trip to the Moon, uh-huh. uh, one of the early shorts and everything. If you saw the movie Hugo, you have seen a lot of this movie. You know where this comes from. Yeah. Uh, so I this is something I saw back in film school. And yeah. absolutely loved it. It is just like one of the earliest great science fiction films. I mean, the the stuff that they do, the techniques and special effects are really yeah, it's astounding. George Malius. It's good stuff. Good. It's just, it's so good. And what they've done, I don't know where they got this shit. So first off, I was like, okay, I'll start with the black and white version. It's uh-huh. not too long a flick. We'll go ahead and watch this. Uh, are you going to bitch about the color? Well, no, 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 no. We'll get to the color in a second. Because but- all that's accurate. <laughs> that's not what I'm gonna bitch about. Trust okay, me. Good. Okay, Believe good. <laughs> you me. I wish that was. I wish I was dumb enough to complain about that bit. You're gonna talk about the uh, awful air score to it. I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> let's. You're getting ahead of me. So the black and white one, first of all, is just God. Guess what, kids? We didn't have sound back then. There were title cards. And when people talked, those title cards came up. There are voices in this thing. I said, fuck this noise. I didn't watch more than two minutes of it. It was pathetic. So I'm like, well, let's see the color version. Well, Maybe I have to watch that. It's awful. So I go, I'm like, let's go to the color well, version here. Maybe so, it's better. Well, hold on a sec. Before we do, so one reason I find that really interesting, actually, is uh, so. And it's not um, done well, either. That's the worst uh, part. That's fine. What's really interesting about that, though, is that uh, like film narration was very common in the early silent, silent era. Yeah. Um, so that there would be like a speaker 
at the front of the audience, like who would just stand there and narrate the film to them and like say the title cards aloud. Right. And that's really interesting that they're doing that. I don't know that it needs to be done for this film. Nope. Um, especially if it's done really poorly, but uh, just a quick side note, and then we can move on to you talking about the color one. Cause I do want to, I do want to talk about that one with you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Akira Kurosawa's brother, actually in Japan, uh, was a, was a narrator for a long time. And it was, uh, how Kurosawa saw so many movies as a child was he would go with his brother and, and watch silent cinema, uh, early silent cinema while his brother was narrating. Um, just a quick, uh, cool little side note. There you go, guys. You learned something today. I learned something. Anyway, don't you back to your trip to the moon. So that was terrible. Uh-huh. And then I go, uh, then I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe I'll get some relief in the color version. So the color version comes out, and there's a little title card talking about the, the color process and how this, you know, was a thing that they did and how, you know, the hand-painted and all that kind of jazz. And so I'm like, okay, thank God. We're finally going to get into something that makes a little bit of sense here. It's like that black and white thing, whatever, that's fine. I can, I can let that roll off my back. Piece of cake. And then the color version drops this shit on me. <laughs> All of a sudden, what in the fucking hell? This is like, yeah, fuck, 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 fuck them, fuck them the hardest you could possibly. Still not the worst score I've ever heard for that. Oh my good lord, I just wanted to murder. Well, I, and you know, like, why, I walked you know away. why that's the score that's available? is uh, Because that's it, all they had in 1902? No, no, no. It's because that version, right, uh, the, rest, the restored version, um, by contract, has to be shown and distributed with that score. Why? Because it was what was contracted when the restoration was done. In order for Kino, I think, who has the Kino. rights to I it I know right they put now, out the DVD. Um, in order for Kino to have the rights, that is the score they have the rights to. And so Netflix's contract is through Kino, and that's why you get that score with it. I'll because tell you the this. restoration rights are with Kino. I have never been so happy to have not bought that fucking Blu-ray. Because honestly, when it came out, I wanted to, and it's expensive now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- and I'm I glad think I did. There didn't. is an alternate score on the Blu-ray, but I just I didn't buy it. But uh, I've seen that version, uh, the restored version, multiple times, and that score is contractually obligated uh, through Kino Lorber's distribution deal that they did with the. Um, restoration house right uh with the archive that produced the restoration they have to use that score my question is who's fucking who to make that the thing that's on there well you know it's air uh and it's a french archive so it's just a bunch of french people i would rather have been air supply (laughs) maybe bread that would have been better bread would have been better (laughs) fucking Ooh, ELO actually probably would have been pretty good. <laughs> now but, think about but, it. But this is the beauty of this, it's right? It's, you can just cut your fucking TV sound down, you put know, it in a disc, and play whatever you want. You, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, that motherfucker. That would have been better. It was just, it's bad news. <laughs> but yeah, that score sucks. Like, I literally, like, I, after seeing both of those in a row, I literally, I just walked away from the television for probably 15 minutes just mad. <laughs> just well, and upset. Well, I, I like air. Right, like that's the that's the worst part is I really like Air, and uh, that score with the movie 
is terrible. There's a thing. I think look, if it were I'm just sure. on its own for 12 minutes, uh, sure, whatever. Um, but as a score for that film, fucking balloon. Yeah, time and a place certainly. When you put it up against this, this you know, this classic piece of cinema that was is so fucking groundbreaking mm-hmm. and make it unwatchable for me. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I just don't. Ugh, it made I was so mad. Anyways, so let's go on to something that I that I have been enjoying. Uh, right. I did get to the uh, the first four episodes of the new season of Orange Is the New Black, and um, still enjoying. Okay, good. Uh, so I I am four episodes into the last season and have not been in the mood to go back yet. Well, I banged out that first that the, the the especially the second season. Boy, oh boy, did I just I just I railed through that one so fast. So it feels like it's been a long time. So I had to watch the last episode again before I came to this one. So technically, I've watched five episodes, including the. Uh, the last one for because there's golly bum there's a lot of stuff that ends up getting covered in uh, season two here but season three is kind of moving on a couple of the different uh, you know things change and things stay the same in a lot of ways so there's a lot of uh, shifts of things going on so you get to see stuff but uh, I, I still like it I still like all the uh, the people on this thing and um, this you know and and you know me I don't usually get into this kind of stuff but uh, hey people. There are, you know, for anyone that just goes like, there are not enough great women actors, watch this fucking show. There, I mean, the, the entire cast is filled with fantastic actors of all shapes, yeah, sizes, races, and everything. Like, I haven't been in the mood to watch no, it. It's, it's a show that I need, like, I personally have to be in the mood to want to watch that show. Yeah. I haven't been in the mood to watch it in forever. But uh, good stuff. Really, really been enjoying it, and I uh, can't wait to, to finish that out, too. And, and, and I hear Sense8 is pretty good, so i got to check out that stuff, too. There's too much stuff to watch, damn it. Too much stuff. And then we got Heroes Con this weekend. Uh, so if you're out at uh, Charlotte this weekend, come see me. Come see Matt. Matt's taking the journey up here. And, of course, all the fellows over at the Hero Movie Podcast, we're all going to be out there and doing stuff. And uh, come get a high five, and I'm going to make it weird. And, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> No, I'll be there. It'll be fun. Uh, come out. We can talk uh, superhero movies, or we, you can like punch me in the arm for not liking uh, something you liked, or whatever, whatever you want to you know. do. Just come and say hi. And high fives uh, for everybody. So there, there will be some kind of uh, card out there. I think at some point yeah, we'll we, see yeah, you um, know, all kinds of crazy shit. So, so come, come around. Who knows? We'll be there. Give us a shout out. We can meet up. I don't give do a shit. it. Uh, uh, at the film find at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith and at Adam Borges. So I'm yeah. gonna cover all that at the end. Anywho, uh, so let's get in it, sir. We got to uh, release. Uh, we got to talk about this new release review of the week. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a small little independent film. It's done. You know, it it, it made it made a, a slight showing at the box office this weekend. But here is the uh, trailer for Jurassic World. I can hit the play button. There it is. I'm really proud of you for going on this trip. You're going to have so much fun. And remember, if something chases you,
have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab? Evacuate the island. She's a highly intelligent animal. She will kill anything that moves. was the trailer for Jurassic World, our new release review of this week. Here is the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park, Ilsa Nubar now features a fully functioning dinosaur theme park, Jurassic World, as originally envisioned by John Hammond. After 10 years of operation, the visitor rates declining. In order to fill a corporate mandate, a new attraction is created to re-spark visitors' interest, which backfires horribly. This is directed by Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, Trevago, Trevago, whatever his name is. Trevorrow. Trevago. That's what I'm calling him. Uh, Starring Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ty Simpkins, Judy uh, Judy Greer, Vincent D'Onofrio, Irfan Khan, uh, Nick Robinson, and uh, Jake Johnson. There's a boatload of people in this. BD freaking Wong up in this sucker. Uh, and you a had whole... to take a break from uh, catching uh, like rapists and stuff. So. You know, you got to do something every now and then. Uh, <laughs> so, like like we said before, this bad boy, oh my goodness gracious, made a crap ton of money at the box office. And uh, this is this is a little movie. This is like what we like to call critic proof, Matt. Oh, well, clearly. Uh, because uh, Tomato Meter... Only a 71 right now. Which is still certified fresh. It is still certified fresh, but right, like... Uh, Just in, barely. <laughs> in contrast, uh, Spy has 95%, right? Yeah. Uh, Mad Max, 98 uh, I think both... Dress- and, and, and I like both of those movies. I think those are a little bit high. I think this one's a little bit low. But uh, yeah, Jurassic World, uh, very much critic-proof. I, I mean, more so than superhero films. More so than Harry Potter. Maybe not as... Maybe not as much as the Transformers films, because those uh, are so yeah. lauded by critics. But yet, no one gives a fuck about those. They yeah. go in droves. Clearly, not as much as this Jurassic World this weekend, but still, nevertheless. Well, uh, I think what happened with Jurassic World, we talked a little bit about how they underpredicted the box office. Mm-hmm. I really think what happened is not only were they not gauging anticipation very well, uh, but. On top of that, I think after Thursday, word just got out that people really were having a good goddamn time watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, oh, okay, well, good. I guess I am going to go. And uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was great. I, I, I liked <laughs> almost everything about it. Let me tell you, so did I. Uh, on on Saturday, because I ended up – normally I go see movies on, on, on the first showing on Fridays, but I was uh, – 
was working on Friday, so I was off on Saturday. So first thing Friday, I uh, went to see it on the IMAX here in 3D, and let me tell you, it was worth every penny I paid because uh, you know my movie pass right now does not do that. So I jumped in, I paid my money, and it was at a Regal too, so it wasn't even mm-hmm. a discounted one. So that was even a bigger kick to the nuts. But I did it to go see it with my dad and my brother, who just couldn't m- match up with times with me. And let me tell you something, kids. I, I, I paid that, you know, 17, 18 bucks, whatever the hell it was, and I would pay it again and again and again because this movie delivered on every fucking thing I wanted it to. Jurassic yeah. Park, it's, uh, the, the original Jurassic Park, is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Just, I absolutely adore that movie with all of my heart. Like I said, I told the story about how I first watched it and everything, mm-hmm. and that movie has just imprinted on me forever, and I absolutely love that. I, it's one of my, I mean, and, and as much as, and again, this is like we said with John Williams' score, it's one of the, my favorite Spielberg films, and that's from coming from a guy who's got, you know, more, you know, hits out of the park than, you know, most other directors could ever dream of having. Right. Um, and I, I got to say, while while maybe not perfect per se, this movie hit every single note that I wanted it to hit and hit it so well that, like, I mean, I'm telling you, I just, I sat and I knew that there were moments in this where I am just smiling like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because it, everything that I'm seeing on screen is exactly what I want it to be. Yeah. I I will say um, one thing that that is a, a slight and I mean this like in the very minuscule sense, Mm -hmm. a slight detraction for me is I didn't like any of the characters as much as I like any of the original movies characters. Well, that's also, that's a tough thing to do. No doubt. Um, But, but they managed to do something that I think is pretty remarkable even then, which is that, they undercut and play with what we think we're going to get out of these characters relationships. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a, there was a lot of kind of speculation in when the trailers came out and when clips from the movie started coming out that Jessica Chastain's character was going to behave in a certain Uh, way. uh, 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 You know, she doesn't like when you do that. What's that? When you call Bryce Dallas Howard Jessica Chastain, she really oh, hates that. <laughs> There's even been like memes and I'm shit. I'm not even fucking thinking about that shit right now. It's okay. See, this is why I know late. Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh, for it's fuck's okay. sake. I, I just didn't want somebody to write an email just going, Matt's Oh, my idiot. fucking God. <laughs> no one wrote any emails yet. We corrected. It's okay. <sighs> I'm so sorry <laughs> to everyone listening. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And you're off right, the show. Was- <laughs> Well, goodbye to Matt, everybody. I control his fader. He's gone. Finally <laughs> went beyond mispronunciation. And, and Listen, we fuck around with people's uh, names on anyway, this show, but that's anyways, absurd. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Uh, Claire, I think her name is, right? Aunt Claire? I believe so. Um, anyway, so so there was speculation that like her character was going to be uh, a certain way in mm-hmm. regard to Chris Pratt. And that does play out a little bit. A touch. But... but uh, she also like becomes kind of a badass by the end of it, mm-hmm. um, where like she takes on an active role. It's it's not to the extent as like I'm sure some of the critics would like it to be, but I, I was kind of ex- like surprised to the extent with which they did undercut that initial expectation yeah. uh, just a little bit. Chris Pratt 
uh, obviously having a good time playing with his uh, world famous now uh, very much memed Raptor Squad. Raptor right? Squad. Oh God damn um, it! There better be a movie somewhere called Raptor Squad. Why isn't the, that already a thing? Well, that's that's what I think. Like the look, I know it's absurd. I think the best thing to do is a spinoff series, not even a real like sequel. Cause I don't know. I don't know how you would do a sequel to this movie, uh, honestly, and have it be anywhere related. To well, the you, thing. you can't not make this movie but, and make this kind of money and there oh, no, not no, no, be no, a motherfucking perfect. sequel. Well, and, well, Pratt's already signed on, right? Pratt has signed on to Jurassic sequels already. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I guarantee you they will happen after this weekend. So <laughs> yeah. he and Jessica Chastain are going to like, sh- <laughs> you're going to just call her that no matter what. I don't care at this point. I know she doesn't I'm just, like, I'm just ride that train. Just fucking around. Please train. ride that train <laughs> from here on out. I'm going to start calling him uh, Bruce Dern. <laughs> Not even no. close, but I'm going to anyway, do it. So, so what I think is a legit good idea, uh, I mean, it's probably a bad idea, but I would love to watch it. And I'd watch many movies that were this is imagine Chris Pratt as the leader of the Raptor squad, a world-class team of elites that go around the world and take on what we might call impossible missions. (laughs) And, each franchise installment features insane stunts with velociraptors put in new predicaments every time. <laughs> Maybe he's climbing on a giant rock in the middle of the desert. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, Blue is scaling a giant tower in Dubai. You never know. <laughs> maybe Chris Pratt and Blue hanging 6,000 feet up in the air from a personal jet. I would watch all these. Maybe things. that's what happens in these sequels while they save the world and complete missions. Here's the thing. That you are don't impossible. know you don't know that it doesn't. Not at this point. <laughs> no, I don't. I would love it to happen. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being facetious at all. <laughs> that would be the optimum goal for me yeah. is just for this series at this point to embrace full on uh, stupidity on one level, I think would be amazing. Well, now that you um, bring that up, let me kind of rewind the clock for everybody. Yeah, so, let's roll. So as, as we said that this movie has been long since gestating since Jurassic Park three, what'd you say? Long that was? before Jessica Chastain, long was before touched. Jessica Chastain was even a name that we even fucking knew. Um, and so Jurassic Park three was what? Oh, one. Did you say? Uh, Jurassic Park 3 was 2001, yes. 2001, okay. So since 2001, this kind of, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you're you're going to ruminate some more Jurassic Park stuff. Why the hell not? So I remember sometime around my... did very well. Oh, it did did well. I mean, they've all done well. Mm -hmm. Um... But they've been they've been talking about a new Jurassic Park ever since then. So, you know, it's been a long time coming. Now, and there's been several different rumors about what the different types of movies would be. So I'm going to take you back, a, you know, around about a decade here, okay? Mm-hmm. And so you say something like that with the Mission Impossible, but what, what at one time was talked about for this movie is not too awful far away from that. Uh, there was a point in time where there was going to be a Jurassic Park sequel with dinosaurs that actually spoke English, mm-hmm. who actually shot guns and you know and went and started killing people. That was a thing that almost fucking happened. Yes, it was. Uh, so you know, while while some of you might snicker and go, "Ha ha, listen to Matt's silly thing," that's a thing that almost happened, <laughs> pretty much. So 
you know, and, and I've seen, like, I, I remember, like, looking on Ain't It Cool News at the time and seeing, like, an actual, like, sketch somebody had drawn drawn up with, you know, a dinosaur just, like, holding machine guns and shit that was, like, supposedly some pre-production stuff or whatever. So mm-hmm. there were times where this almost happened. So uh, I, I'm glad we got what we got, though, because what we got was essentially a retelling of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, me, it's almost beat for beat the same story. That's what's so good about this. To me, because I've done this analogy on the show many a time before, uh, but this is a great cover song. So a mm-hmm. cover song needs to either be, you know, so much like the original that you're just like, oh, this is the this is the original, this is the thing I know, or it needs to be so far off the beaten path that you almost don't even recognize it. And this one is the is is the is the former, and uh, it it is very close to what you love, and and that's the thing. And I know there were some detractors in there that would that saw this movie and said, oh man, look at all this crap. This is you're just retreading the same thing. You're just pulling the same stuff up. I got news for you, motherfuckers. That's what people wanted to see. If you pretended that th- those movies didn't exist, especially the first one, if you pretend that movie doesn't exist. Um, you're gonna, you know, it, it's gonna upset some people. So really embracing what that movie had, building off of where it went from, and even at the same time, c- kind of poking a little bit of fun at it in, in a nice way, yeah. uh, really helped move this film along and give it a sense of, hey, it's familiar, it's what I like, and believe it or not, folks, that's what most people want at the theater is something that they're familiar well, with. What it what it does really well though different. with that it, with that is it takes the formula and the beats the story beats Mm -hmm. and it does create its own thing uh i think jurassic world for all the talk and all of the uh kind of pissing that people are doing online about this thing um about it being a ripoff or it being a uh uh you know just a remake and it's ruining the original and blah 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 fuckity blah is uh this movie does manage to build on that mythology in a very significant and I think meaningful way Mm -hmm. um, while also just being like the big summer spectacle adventure movie that the first one was. Um, But even more so at the same time too. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, bigger, faster, more teeth, kind of thing. And the fun, um, and, and and that's the great part is in this movie they have it's an entire running commentary on the movie itself. Oh yeah. Well great. there's that great scene what I when I, I wrote about a few points uh, that really stood out to me. By the way, great um, article. I did read that. So it's good oh, stuff. thanks. Uh, but but one of the things I mentioned in there as you well know, right, is is uh, there's this great scene where BD Wong's character, he's back, he, you know, he's the original uh, geneticist in the first draft. Yeah, so he's the, he's the Asian guy who basically John Hammond meets up with, and he's, you know, he's the guy right. when Sam Neill goes, what kind of thing is this? And he goes, that's Velociraptor. That's BD Wong. Right. And so uh, so he comes back in this film and he has kind of a bigger role. I, in fact, would like to see that storyline developed in a sequel, honestly. Captain um, Evil Scientist B.D. Wong? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because he does come back and I feel like he has more of a god complex in this film a little oh, yeah. bit. And, and I find it really interesting. And uh, I'd like to see that develop. But he has this great scene with uh, the terrific, I mean, amazing Irfan Khan, right? Uh, who plays the the benefactor of this park, the the CEO, uh, Simon Mizrani, right? The John Hammond um, stand-in, if you will. I mean, he mentions that, right. you know, John Hammond on his deathbed said, you take care of this park and make it right. flourish. 
but you know, Irfan Khan's like one of the biggest stars in India. I mean, which makes him one of the biggest uh, box office draws in the entire world. Um, it hasn't and, released there, has it? Because I bet that would probably do. I don't know, but he, you know, he has a mm-hmm. fantastic minor role, which uh, is kind of a small miracle in and of itself, given the way that Hollywood uh, tends to treat both those types of roles and uh, international stars when they get those types of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so B.D. Wong has this great scene where uh, you know the <laughs> the Indominus Rex escapes. And Irfan Khan's character goes to talk to the the scientists to be like, what in the hell did you create, right? And B.D. Wong just straight up addresses legitimately the criticism that has always pissed me off about these movies because it's so stupid is these don't – the dinosaurs didn't really look like that. Those aren't real velociraptors. They were smaller. They had feathers, all this shit, right, that you hear every fucking time. And aside from the fact that it's a science fiction movie and that uh, it doesn't matter whether they're 100% realistic, that's not even what the film is telling you ever. Yeah, It's not even what the book is telling you ever. And B.D. Wong just goes like, we're not making dinosaurs. Yeah, we're we've making always, these We've always filled in the gaps in the DNA sequence, right? I love it because it was such a middle finger to all of those people just going, we don't even care. Yeah. Well, Fuck and you. they shouldn't, right? <laughs> no, they shouldn't. Like, like, if you pay attention to what's going on, the entire point uh, to how they create these things was that they are not dinosaurs, mm-hmm. that they're not creating That's dinosaurs. the Mr. DNA sequence that you saw in the original Jurassic Park, people. It's, it's you know, when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, uh, Sam Neill goes out into the into the fucking uh, middle of nowhere with the kids after they escape the T-Rex, right? And he finds the eggs. Mm-hmm. That's him going like, oh, you know, fucking tree frogs have been known to change their sex and reproduce in the wild when because there's no, not a, what they need a to do. pairing, right? Yeah. And and so that that entire movie has p- bits and pieces that are the these aren't fucking dinosaurs things. And I just like that this one spells it out. Like they're dinosaurs, but they're also fucking not dinosaurs, you know? Um, and so fuck you guys yeah. a little bit. Um, anyway. Well, I, 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 I like the idea that, you know, that to get this park back on its tracks and everything, they have to genetically create this dinosaur because, I mean, and it is, it's a lot like this movie in a lot of ways, is that you need bigger, you need batter, you need more, you know, intensity. And and that's what they need to deliver to these people. Yeah. And like and so that's why this movie is so great also as just a commentary on movies themselves and this move and this franchise in particular itself. And really just kind of pointing out these things of like, hey, look, this is what people want. And, you know, this is what we're going to deliver to you. And guess what? You're going to fucking like it. And guess what? Because what they did was they ramped up everything in Jurassic Park to get more people, or Jurassic World, to get more people into the park. Guess what we did with Jurassic World, the movie? We ramped that shit up from Jurassic Park to 11. And guess what? It got more people into the theater. It fucking did what it was setting out to do. Uh, it's it's so meta damn near blows my mind Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean uh there's probably an amazing academic paper to be written about this as a as a like meta textual experiment i if i was smart enough i'd write it but i ain't that guy but i'd read it in a heartbeat it's certainly something that i've been thinking about the whole time 
since I've seen the movie. It's, it, I don't know. It's fucking awesome. Good stuff. And, uh, and I'll say this, uh, like every, like I said, everything about this movie just really kind of, uh, j- just lays it out and goes through. But the biggest thing that I found more surprising in this movie than anything is how fucking hardcore this movie is, dude. This movie oh, yeah. has a lot of violence in it. There is well, a ton. Just, I mean, if you want to see if if your problem with Jurassic Park was that there were only three people that got eaten in that movie, uh, you need to go and see Jurassic World. Problem solved, just, motherfucker. <laughs> everybody, just everyone gets eaten. I mean, right? there are people. I mean, like, and so you know, two hundred million dollars. Everybody's seen this movie, so you know we're spoiling everything. So you, you, I'm sure you pretty much all figured that out, anyways. But the, I mean, the gal who's like, you know, kind of shepherding the the boys around everything, who's constantly uh-huh. on her cell phone. I mean, this chick dies like horribly. She gets tossed around between a couple of pterodactyls. I mean, it is just brutal. And, you know, did the lady really deserve it? I don't know, but I don't, maybe not. She didn't keep her eyes on the kids. I mean, I know that's bad, but holy smokes, man. She got it. She got it hardcore. And, and there's tons, there's tons of great stuff in there. Now it's become a meme online, which is hilarious because I, when I saw it, I was just, I was laughing my ass off because I thought, I thought it was one of the most realistic portrayals in the entire movie. So, there's a scene, so the raptors, uh, or excuse me, the pterodactyls rather, get out of their big kind of, uh, you know, birdcage, if you were a little aviary, and they're going out amongst the uh, the park. And so everybody's scrambling, all these, you know, these these birds of prey are all right around everybody. And there's a close-up of a guy, because in this, in this, uh, in this park, which actually looks very similar to what uh, the Jurassic Park area in, uh, in Universal Studios Florida looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, but not nearly as nice and expanding as that, which I doubt, which I almost at this point go, they're probably going to expand that area and make it a lot bigger and better than it already is. Uh, but so there's a cat that's walking away because inside this entire place, there's a, uh, there's a, um, a fucking, um, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's, and he's, there's these birds that are attacking. These ancient birds are attacking tons of people. And this guy's thought is, I'm going to double fist these margaritas and get these out of here. Yeah, he I, like picks them up and just runs. I chuckled. I thought that was loud. so great because to me, that was just like, that's realistic, actually. I know people that would just go, I got to get these drinks out of here if we're doing this shit. It's going on. I, I absolutely love that. I thought, I don't know why that was one of the funniest things to me but it absolutely worked uh yeah no it was funny oh and this- i do <laughs> one more thing for this thing right here i thought i i don't know maybe i don't know if you i don't know who posted this but somebody posted on facebook and i thought it was hilarious it's like sure. oh no no it wasn't it was um i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the right credit i remember where i saw it now it was um the guy who does black nerd comedy on uh on youtube uh-huh. He did his uh, review of Jurassic World and everything, and he's just like, I love this movie, but there's a part in this movie that's that's unrealistic. Is the black family that's at Jurassic World. He's like, nope, this would never happen. <laughs> you think a black family's going to go out to Jurassic World to possibly be eaten by this? He's like, uh-uh, that ain't going to happen. Ain't no black family going to be out there <laughs> in Jurassic World. I don't think so. <laughs> that's funny. I thought, I was just like, well, because I, I did. when, And that was one of the nice things is that you look at this, and that's another thing when you have this big sweeping things because they they bring everybody in from the park from all the areas and stuff because they you know they, the 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 indominus rex is loose so they bring everybody together in this kind of centralized area and everything and the cool part about that is is like i looked at that and i'm like this is exactly what john wanted in the first movie you know he goes yeah. because that was his big thing it's like i don't want this just to be for the super elite i want you know uh you know family
families, children, everybody of all, you know, walks of life to be able to come and, you know, see these wondrous things that are there. And you saw that within all the people that were sitting out in that park. And I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I want to talk about one sequence I really liked Okay. in particular. And I don't know how you feel about it. Maybe you thought it was dumb, but I thought it was a ton of fun. Uh, I really liked the gyrosphere bit. Yeah. With the, with the kids uh, going off on their own. I don't know and, how that works as far as a park goes, because that seems like really weird. <laughs> that you just like, hey, let them pilot it. They're going to go out and do stuff. <laughs> well, it was in a specific area, right? Like yeah. where there were specific types of dinos. But uh, what's what I really enjoyed, though, is um, what, what ends up happening is they end up getting tossed around like they're in a uh, uh, pinball machine. And I just thought that little bit of action was incredibly fun and imaginative as opposed to just uh, kind of a retread, which, you know, given the situation of them almost getting eaten in the car and and, right in the original film and then here in the gyrosphere could have been just a retread, but it was kind of it was just a just different enough and just different enough in a very imaginative way that I really liked it. Um, but it was also great, but, like having cell phones and stuff in this era now too, as well, and how that kind of plays into play. And what they're when the hamster ball is turned upside down and the phone's ringing and they're just barely out of reach and everything. So yeah. you know, it's bringing things up to the modern age too, and that and that totally works. And how there would be shitty cell phone reception on this fucking island. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, oh well. So so uh, what what do you think overall? I mean, I think clearly we both really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I'm going to give it a big old go fucking see this if you haven't already. If you pro- if you have, do what I'm going to do and go see it again sometime next week. Yeah. Um, I, I plan on actually going to Mall of Georgia and uh, just sitting there in the IMAX and chilling out. Yeah, as much as now that you know, because because I saw it in the IMAX, I do have still have the you know the movie uh, the movie uh, ticket that I can go see it with. Uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. I'm still I still feel like I would actually give more. I would still give money yet again to go see this on the on on, on an IMAX screen because it's that good. Honestly, the 3D is fantastic in it. The sound is great. Um, so Michael Giacchino does a great score, you know, kind of riffing a bit. John Williams, there's still a lot of good John Williams stuff in there as well. But uh, I tell you what, man, Giacchino is just like he's he's fucking everywhere. He's on like every fucking movie you can see these days. He's almost becoming the new John Williams, in as much as he's just fucking out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I I dig his stuff. Um, let's see. What did you think? Now this is this is a quick thing. We'll start wrapping up, but. A lot of people were bitching about the Jimmy Fallon bit in in the hamster ball. I found that funny. I thought it was funny too. The audience laughed when I was there. Everyone I, laughed. It's I, it's I'm it's ridiculous. I, I like, see I'm, some of the stuff online. That's I guess that's where I'm well, seeing most of the negativity. But the people in the theater loved it. Well, and and what's great, what I really appreciated about that bit was like that is exactly what would happen at a theme park, 100%. right? Like like you're gonna get a celebrity that's going to give the like tour video of what you're doing. And that's going to be that. Yeah. Uh, it, it happens all the time, actually, um, for all kinds of things. Of course, that would be for something as expensive and elaborate as Jurassic World. Uh, why not Jimmy Fallon, host of, uh, you know, Tonight Show? I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it. I thought it was humorous. And I'm just like, oh, yep, that makes about sense. I just, you know, I'm just so tired of the negativity uh, that I've been seeing. Like, I haven't even read any of it. 
Um, there's so much to like about this movie. I just don't give a shit. Right. Uh, Chris Pratt's buddy played by Omar Sy. He's fucking awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Ty Simpkins, who was the kid in the insidious films, um, is, is great here. Oh, I thought that kid uh, looked familiar. I was just like, I can't put my finger yeah. on it. Okay. Um, fucking, uh, uh, what's his name in the, in the main area, Jake Johnson, Jake right? Johnson's great. Jake Johnson great. is great. Very, very small bit. Vincent D'Onofrio, amazing. Though, uh, let's be frank, Vincent Bryce D'Onofrio really did. I'm like, as much as I like Vincent D'Onofrio, and like, I think he's a great actor, and this is so far away from what he did with Kingpin. I mean, it just shows you how his career, he's just like such yeah. a, as, as an imposing as a big guy as he is, he's also very chameleon esque in a lot of things he does too, because yeah. it's just like, that doesn't, that dude is not the same dude as that dude is. Uh, no. But eh, you don't necessarily really need his character, let's be honest. Well, you do only you do, to you uh, only to out. prove that uh, <laughs> that no, <laughs> probably as military applications are concerned, velociraptors are maybe not the best. And also, he's the only person at the company that's driving for that application of their <laughs> studies, right? Uh, so you have to have him eaten. That character has to. Exist. Where is just the point where Chris Pratt looked at him and just go, "Are you fucking high?" <laughs> it's right there in the beginning of the movie, right? <laughs> like, like no, like those exact words. <laughs> well, fair enough. You can get away with one of those in a PG thirteen movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I just, I just liked this movie a lot. I don't. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I, I everybody's would... great. There were great moments. Um, there was somebody that I know from fucking shit. What is the movie I know the other the uh, in the control room with uh, Jake Johnson's character? What is that? I cannot remember. I know I've seen her in stuff, and I like her. She's like she's got one of those kind of. Uh... Well, I've seen her in stuff, and I can't remember. I I think she's in Orange Is the New Black. Is at some point, I um, I may have seen her on some Comedy Central show. I don't know. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna pull up the thing so I can see what her <laughs> name is. Uh, We're prepared, Lauren folks. Lapkus. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's been in. Oh shit. Oh, Kroll Show. I might know that. Uh, Kean Peel. She's been in. That's probably where I know her. From. Um, Drunk History. Um, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I was right. Okay. She's in Orange is the New Black. Uh, plays the character of Susan Fisher. Um. Okay. Good stuff. Where else do I know? Yeah, I like I her. She's a very, uh, yeah, she's, she's an interesting But she's good too, right? Yeah. And and uh, I don't know. I just fucking like the movie, man. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I, I'm tired of the negative bullshit. I haven't read much of it, but I've seen a lot of it floating around. Um, the movie's not pissing on your childhood. It's not like a sacrilegious affront to the amazing original film or anything like that. It's just fucking fun. It's a great it's popcorn what, sequel, man, that is produced is what, by Steven Spielberg, so shut the fuck up. Well, it's what Hollywood does yeah. best, right? It, like, this is... When Hollywood filmmaking style, blockbuster, big budget, is firing on all cylinders, you get something that's as good as Jurassic World is. And and when it knows itself that it is being that and it's self-aware enough to let you know that it knows that you know that it knows, that's pretty damn good. Uh-huh. So, yeah, very strong, strong recommendation for me. Um, I'll, I'll be seeing this again. This is a, this is a day one Blu-ray purchase for me. I hope I hope they do some uh, good special effects there, or special features, I think. So. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. 
right. I'm going to definitely buy it. No, no fucking clue uh, why anyone wouldn't, unless you're a turd. Unless you're a heartless bastard. Unless you're a human turd. You know, <laughs> not just regular ones, human ones. Oh my right, god! So yeah, that, I can't believe I actually called her Jessica Chastain for real. Yeah, that was that's a that's a big whoops. <laughs> well, it's it, it's mostly because I do fucking know the difference, and and it's just like I was just in the zone, and didn't give a shit. That's okay. Like, no, look, like, look, look. I understand. All women are the same thing to you. They're just replaceable. <laughs> just beings that you oh, can pump sake. babies into, Matt. I understand. That's I just don't want that's to do just any how you of think. Those things. <laughs> That's just that's just how you think, and I understand. It's okay. It's not right, but I understand it, and I, I appreciate you for that. <laughs> oh, man, if you guys knew Matt, that'd be hilarious. Uh, anyways, if you follow me on Twitter, you, you know. damn sure know. <laughs> All right, uh, oh so that is it. Now, uh, next week, guess what, kids? I'm going to go watch The Village to make up for this <laughs> the egregious affront. I, and look, let's, I do, too. I like The Village. I think, it's a, I think it's a good-ass yeah. movie. You know which movie I really like that everyone hates that Shyamalan did? And I'm not going to say Last Airbender because that fucking shit I was about to say, I may murder you if that's what you say, but okay. No, Lady in the Water. I really like it. I liked Lady in the Water too. I thought it was like, I didn't think it was amazing. I think it's one of the weaker ones of his. It's not Airbender, but um, for what it was trying to do and what it you know set out to do. I think it's as good as The Village. I like The Village a little bit more, but that's just... that's. It's not as scary because it's not supposed to be. Like The Village is a little scarier. Uh, Lady in the Water is, I think, overall. I just, just like as good. what it. I just like what it did because it was the great, just modern fairy tale, fairy tale telling of stuff, mm-hmm. and that 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 worked for me. Yeah, you know, you got Bryce Dallas Howard, Paul Giamatti. I mean, you got good stuff in there. Shut up, people. But, any, but anyway, so Bryce Dallas Howard. I fucking know who I'm talking about. I'm sorry <laughs> that I contributed to the bullshit that she has to deal That's with. That's Matt I, underscore I, Boyd I, underscore <laughs> Smith on the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's a thing. I've seen the memes. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. So anyway. next week, the summer moves on. Thank God we have something where it's like big summer movie, big summer movie. And it's not like summer's been so far where it's like big summer movie. And okay, kind of not so much. Yeah. But uh, so Inside Out next week, the big movie from Pixar. Uh, it's currently rocking as we record this 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we shall see. Uh, there's always going to be one or two detractors. Also, the big indie smaller flick, Dope. Don't know if it's coming here, but if it if it does, I'll see it. I enjoyed the trailer. Yeah, I think it looks great. Everybody seems to like it. Uh, I hope it comes to Charlotte since that's where I'll be this weekend. Um, but uh, also, the other thing that I'm looking forward to opening is Manglehorn, which I, I think we've discussed briefly. But it's the mm. new David Gordon Green flick. With uh, Al Pacino, Holly Hunter, and Harmony Corinne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I, yeah. You know, it's Charlotte. What do you got to do? Comes, comes time. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, uh, we'll see. So we'll be talking about those movies next week and everything. Thanks for uh, staying with us for a day late here, but we got everything up uh, just because I'm just trying to get back to the waking world where I can actually see things in, in, in straight lines and all that kind of bullshit. Uh, so if, like I said, uh, we're out at Heroes Con this weekend, so hit us up on the tweets or something. Let us know if, where you're at, and uh, we'll come give you a high five or something. And, uh, you know, we're all going to be doing stuff and, me, Matt, the boys from HMP, it's all going to be good stuff, so uh, hit us up. Matt, until yeah. then, where can we find more of your work on the airwaves this week, sir? Uh, you know, I'm doing some tumbling, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com, and you can always follow me, as you've said many times, in relation to my Bryce <laughs> Dallas Howard 
Jessica Chastain snafu at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on the tweets. And, uh, you know, follow me there. I I have fun on Twitter. Fun stuff. And I think you, (laughs) now you did say that you were going to, you're going to be positive for the next couple of days. Yes. Uh, Maybe. on Facebook. You're going to try? Oh, oh, just on Facebook? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been mired down in several arguments that have just been very fucking tiresome lately, so I'm mm. just ignoring that shit for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'll mostly just be talking about Hollywood. I might be bitching about things that people say about Hollywood, but it's not going to be like, you know, fuck you, you fuckers kind of bullshit. It's, it'll be more like, well, here's something about Jurassic World that I really appreciated uh, that these idiots didn't like. Well, most of it's going to be about me at Heroes. If you follow me on the tweets, at Adam Portress. Oh, yeah, it's most, Friday, that'll be what I'm It's, it's mostly going to be me just going, just like, look at these fat guys that are way braver than I am. Look God this, bless. Look at this guy who paid so much money to meet Stan Lee. It's ridiculous. Uh, you laugh at that, but we're actually, so the boys of H&P, I think we're, <laughs> we've talked about doing one of those life touch pictures with the three of us and him. Uh, just because oh it would God. be fucking hilarious. Because we make fun of that at Dragon Con every year, is these people that do that shit. But we thought it would be funny just to do that w- with the three of us for the show because it would just be fucking funny. I mean, that that is at least for a thing. That's true. Right? It's not it's, like it's, I'm going to put it up on my wall by a, like a fucking 8 by 10 or something. Well, I mean, if and you could. I'm just saying. I may. <laughs> it is for a purpose initially that is not... Oh, I've got however the fuck much uh, money Stanley feels like his ninety-year-old picture needs to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I may buy he another can't autograph have that much from him. Longer to live. Why does he need all that money? Yeah. I know he's swimming in it. Swimming like a motherfucker. Uh, so do that, all that stuff. Anyways, and uh, listen to our other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast at HeroMoviePodcast.com. All the good stuff is there. This week we talk about uh, Zack Snyder's Three Hundred. And uh, well, so, how many times have you watched that film, man? Uh. <sighs> Three or four times. That's how many times gay you are. Boom. Some, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> some, it is uh, maybe the gayest <laughs> some, uh, mainstream Hollywood superhero movie that all straight males tend to like for some fucking reason. That's some party on stuff. Uh, well, I guess what? Spoiler gay. Spoiler alert, I don't particularly care for it. Um, but so. Anyone, <laughs> I mean, with, with, I mean, okay. Bros really like bros. That. Yeah, we, we do talk about dude bros. But so. uh, but that movie is is really gay, and I don't mean that derogatorily. No. I'm just saying it is really gay, and they don't know that. <laughs> it, well, this much is true, and that's what's hilarious. So we uh, we review that on there on Here Move Podcast, HereMovePodcast.com. Follow us on there and all that kind of good stuff, and of course follow us at the Film Fine at Adam Porches Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on the tweets and everything. Everybody, that is it. So until next week when we talk about Inside Out and possibly Dope and whatever the hell else for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for having another day uh, to get us out here, and uh, we hope to see you next week. So until then, take it easy, everybody.
did it again. Uh, Jessica Chastain, how dare you? Well, you know why? <laughs> because I, I read those fucking articles earlier about how people were doing it, and then I fucking did it myself for no goddamn reason other than those fucking articles put oh. in my goddamn head. Uh, the power of suggestion. It's, I mean, it, wasn't she on, like, Conan O'Brien doing that shit a little while back? I heard something about that, yeah. Anyway, but, like, I know what the fuck it is, but I, <laughs> I swear to God that's why it happened. It's that's because funny. I was, like, I had it fucking locked in that this was a thing that was happening. Oh, that's fantastic. And then all of a fucking sudden, oh, yeah, now you just did that thing. It's like, <laughs> I, had, I had a good friend who, um, so at a, at a restaurant in Columbia, there is a, um, a, a dish that is a Confederate fried steak, right? And it's like a chicken fried steak. But it's not a racism. <laughs> but with, with other stuff, right? And it's just, I mean, I don't fucking give a shit. It's whatever, right? <laughs> it's a chicken fried steak, but it's whatever. Anyway, so I have a friend who, when he goes to other restaurants and gets a chicken fried steak, frequently orders a Confederate fried steak because he is thinking to himself he needs to not order that item. Like, like, do not call it this. Do not call it this. And then he'll say it. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, I have like a theory. I would do it. I would do it after getting off of shifts at Starbucks. I'd go to other coffee shops like the next day or whatever, just to get a cup of coffee on the way to campus or something. And I would order a fucking tall. And it's because I was like, like in my head, like, don't order a tall. Don't order a fucking small, small. Right. Because you got to break that shit. And they looked at you and like, look, you asshat. And so I was just thinking. Like about all this shit earlier today with Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard and how since the help people have really been right because they were both in that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have both just were been great doing in that movie shit. too. And all of a sudden, here I am fucking calling her Jessica Chastain like a fucking moron. <laughs> thanks, thanks, influence of the hey, goddamn media. Hey, at least I said something and we didn't just let let it just fucking lie there for a while. No, thank you for for doing that, but I, uh. It's, I mean, it's funny. It's good though. It's good stuff. <laughs> but like, literally, like it's been a thing on Twitter too that uh, the people have just been like coming out of Jurassic Jurassic World and like tweeting at like like tweeting about how great Jessica Chastain is. It's been a thing. <laughs> That's just that is hilarious. That Jessica Chastain, man. I'll tell you, the Zero Dark Thirty turned into Jurassic Park. This is good shit here. Uh, we we didn't even talk about how great now she's only in it for a very short time, but I I enjoy seeing Judy Greer every second I can. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and 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 you look at that and you're just like, yeah, they could be sisters. They got the same kind of vibe going, not just the hair color, but you know, yeah, skin like tone Judy. and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, so that totally Thanks. works for me. But uh, yeah, I, I got to see this fucking thing again. That's just it worked. Uh, anyway, I think. Uh, you know, we should probably just get on to the, uh, like, Katy Perry, Zo- Zoe Deschanel, same person train after this. <laughs> oh, I would. Because uh... <laughs> that's a thing, too, by the way. Is it really? Because Zoe Deschanel it is, it is. is so tiny, though. Like, I mean, at yeah, least Katy Perry's got Katie more. Perry is in real life. You Great. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a glance thing. Because Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard don't look anything alike. Not really. Outside, I mean, they've got red I, hair. The, the hair color is what does it, and they're just they're they're lighter skinned people with with the same sort of hair color. And, right. and a quick glance, I, c- I could see how you can make a mistake. Right, but that but that's the same thing with the Zoe Deschanel, Katy Perry thing, right? Yeah. Like big eyes, brunette. Fair, fair enough. You know that kind of thing. 
Um, yeah, but one's shooting fireworks out of her boobs, and the other one ain't. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Zoe Deschanel was in Yes Man. They did some fun things with her music in that one. I did not see the. Uh, but yeah, I think we just the need yes to hop man, on that train. Maybe they're all the same person. Maybe they all are. I tell you what, way back a couple years ago, when uh, when Katy Perry, what this is so, this is so. I'm glad this is the after show and not the regular show. This would be like, wow, these guys are really taking a weird turn. Uh, but <laughs> back when uh, the black when her and uh, and uh, Russell Brand was a thing. And uh, how he tweeted a picture of her in the morning, like in the bed with no makeup on. And it was just like, oh, look, there's hope for all of us. It's like she looks like just a regular old normal person. Uh, so just remember, kids, paint that paint that barn up. Go attract somebody. <laughs> no, but uh, it was uh, I don't know. I like her more than I dislike her. So, And I'm not super crazy about all of her music. But somehow I think you I, I would put money that you Katie are. Katy Perry? Yeah, no. No, I don't like Katy Perry at all. Hmm. Not not a single one of her songs actually do I really like. I can take I can take a couple of them. Not a lot, but a couple are, are catchy poppy stuff enough for for my taste. Yeah, they're all right, I guess. No, yeah, could be worse. Could be. <laughs> this has been your so, this has been your teeny poppy minute minute with Adam and Matt. <laughs> See you uh, next week. There kids. are people that listen to this after show. By the way, mm-hmm. I did find that out on Twitter. As long as there's one or two, most of you are just like, um, I've stopped listening after five minutes. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is, this is kind of the Mark Maron playing guitar part of the discussion of our movies. Yeah. If you like it, good. If you don't, man, fuck off. Who cares? I mean, we care, but also like, you don't have to fuck off. That's fine. No, I mean, if you don't care, I don't care that you don't care. Right. Yes. That. But thank you if you do care. But if you do listen, so thanks. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I need to run. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week, kids.